Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one international best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And I love helping sensitive souls, and today I have a very special guest with me. Before we introduce him, I want to share a little story for you and also give you a gift. So if you're new to my podcast or my channel, you can get a free sense of soul empowerment guide from me. And it's the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. You can get that free at sensitivesoulguide.com. Okay. So back to my story. I have loved books ever since I was really, really little. In fact, I, I still remember Mr. Muggs. Maybe it's a Canadian thing, but it was like this this book about this thick about a big white dog, and I had like a ton of these, um, and I loved it. Why? Because it was thick, and I felt like I was really reading, like how good I was as a reader, right? Because it was this thick, and I just remember loving and loving books. Never thought at that time that I would actually write a book, although I think probably I had aspirations but didn't want to admit it. Um, and then I remember, you know, one of my first coaches you know, really, really encouraged me to, to write this book. And it was about, you know, the law of attraction and love, I call it. So creating a fairytale love life, how to harness the law of attraction to manifest your dream partner, right? And I got all this uh, inspiration and encouragement. I, I didn't, I wasn't really confident um, in myself at that point. And so it was super helpful. And I felt such a huge amount of accomplishment in doing my first book. It was an ebook. I couldn't afford a real, like a real book. Uh, but then when, um, all those lessons that I learned, I actually published another ebook. And then I finally published my Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a holistic approach book, uh, which was a physical book. And so much of the, the ideas, the self-confidence, the, the training that I got from this coach, super helpful for me to publish that book. Now, back then, I didn't have money, so I had my friend edit it, you know. <laughs> And then come forward uh, in 2020, I published three number one international award-winning best-selling, you know, books, and uh, with none other than one of my bestest friends who's here with us today, uh, we're going to be talking about you know some really important things that those of us that love to share our wisdom and want to publish a book, crucial things we need to know before publishing the book because I could have made a lot of mistakes, okay, and. Uh, I've seen friends make a lot of mistakes, uh, and they're painful, and we would love for everyone to have a beautiful experience sharing their wisdom. So let me tell you about our guest today. Keith Leon S. is, a, like I said, one of my bestest buddies, friends, mentor, coach, my very first uh, official <laughs> uh, business and uh, personal coach um, many, many years ago. He is a nine-time award-winning 12-time international best-selling author, book publisher, and now filmmaker of The Inside Effects. Some of you know that if you've been following me. He's also the co-owner of a publishing company that has been in the business for 20 years. Uh, he was mentored personally by all the top-selling authors, speakers, and marketers of the world. The list includes people that you and I both know, like Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, Dr. John Martini, Marcy Shimov, Alex Mendozian, Joe Vitale, Chris and Janet Atwood, and the list goes on. So um, Keith is known as the book guy, <laughs> because if you have a question about books and you just ask anyone in the business, they will tell you, you got to talk to the book guy, Keith. <laughs> and uh, guess what? He's my publisher and filmmaker, and he's here to share his wisdom as generosity and sharing some of these secrets that a lot of people don't know when they 
published their first book. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And always a pleasure to be with you and your tribe. <laughs> yeah, they, they love you, Keith. We, we, you know, we love the movie. So many of my tribe and some of my best friends, uh, whether they be business colleagues or, or personal friends, healer friends, uh, have published with you. Um, mm-hmm. and had had a beautiful experience. Um, and I, and I really didn't know the difference, uh, not that long ago, the difference between having a, an editor, for example, um, who was like the soup Nazi, uh, another, I did a compilation book, not going to say which one. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, and then working with you and the gentleness, like that, I won't, I don't want to call it white glove. What do they call it? But, you know, gentle, you know, way of, of dealing with authors and just the professionalism. I mean, I just felt so confident and settled that I was being taken care of. Um, it was really a world of difference. Um, and so I can imagine some people may get a little traumatized, you know, with the whole book publishing thing. And so I thought I have to have Keith on the show. I know you've been on the show before talking about a number of things. You speak at program as well as walking with my angels, your number one bestselling book. But today we are talking about people publishing their self-help book and what they, uh, you know, what they need to know. So let's start at the top. Keith, I did not know how you became the book guy. Tell us that story. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, to tell that story, we have to go back way to the beginning. Uh, When my wife and I, it was like 2002, 2001, my wife and I wrote our first book called The Seven Steps to Successful Relationships. And we got John Gray, the number one relationship book selling author of all time to endorse us on our front cover of our relationship book. And we just thought we had that endorsement and the books were going to fly off the shelf. However, I didn't know how to market the book, so that book didn't even fall off the shelf. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, we, so we kind of had that seeming failure, and then we did a thing called One Million Love Notes, which was a great idea. And, uh, you know, it was like you could, for a dollar, you could buy a love note, send somebody a link, they'd go to a site, open it up, and there would be a love note. And then Hallmark came out with free cards while we were doing that project. So that just, we sold like, you know, 184 of those. And uh, it's after investing thousands and thousands of dollars. So two seeming failures back to back. My wife was just like, hey, let me, can I just like take a break and uh, have you kind of uh, take over the business for a while? She just needed to lick her wounds and kind of go over there and rest for a minute. And uh, so so I kind of went within and I was like, well, if, if I'm doing it as opposed to the way we did it, what would be different? You know, how, how would I do it? Because I didn't even know what that would look like. We'd been in business together for uh, for a while. And so the way that I would do it would be to put aside my to-do list of what I thought I had to do. And then every morning just say, what am I to do? And then breathe and wait for the answer. And in doing that, I did a book project called Who Do You Think You Are? Discover the Purpose of Your Life. And I did get 10 people from the movie Secret, The Secret, and this is right after the movie came out. Uh, there was actually 64 people in that book, and almost every one of them you know. So it was like, how did I reach these people? That's the process I teach people now. It's in my home study course called the Elevator Email, right, which you know about. And uh, and so I was able to reach all these famous people, and everybody said yes. And 
Uh, so the next thing I know, I was, I was reaching out, uh, and interviewing all these top authors in the world and 10 people from the movie The Secret. I established the ones that I really wanted to learn from. Like, I wanted them to teach me everything they knew. So I asked them if they would mentor me and how much would they charge me and when could we start? And every one of them said, Keith, you are a doer, not a talker, and doers help doers. So here's everything I have. And they freely gave me all of their secrets, all of their tips, all of their tricks. And so I just took really great notes, and then I did what they told me. I implemented what all the masters told me. And the difference was, you know, that first book that I had sold probably 12 copies of by then... Uh, now I came out with this book and cause Joe Vitale taught me how to do a joint venture book launch and everybody in the book, uh, that was from the secret had a list now of a hundred thousand plus, uh, 1.5 million emails went out the day of the launch and came with like $3,000 worth of free stuff from all of the greats. And so, uh, Oprah decided two weeks before my book came out to hold up Eckhart Tolle's book about life purpose, which is, by the way, what my book was about, and make it the topic of the world. And so the difference between the first book launch and the second book launch was uh, back in the day when this came out, when every time you got money in AOL, you could it showed up in your inbox, and it said, you've got money. And so for a week, week and a half, uh, all we had to do is just walk over and hit refresh and we go, you got money, you got money, you got money. All these emails were coming. It was like mind blowing the difference. Uh, and back in the day uh, when this book came out, Amazon was like New York times bestseller, like on the front page, it had the top hundred books in all the world, not a subcategory of a subcategory like they do now. They only show the top hundred books in the world. And so our book went up to number two, right under Eckhart Tolle's book. And everybody was like, oh, what a bummer. You're only getting number two. And I said, are you kidding me? There's an algorithm that says if you love his book, then you'll love this one. Plus, I'm right under his on number two. And $10 more, free shipping, like all of those things. People were just adding to cart, adding to cart. And it was night and day a huge difference because I was willing to ask the greats to support me took great notes, implemented what they taught me. So I was willing to be a student, right? Willing to be mentored. And uh, and so today I'm going to be sharing things with you and mentoring you. Matter of fact, by the end of this call, you're going to know more than 99.9% .9 of the people in the world about the business of books. So, so now, because I had this incredible launch now and I did what they taught me now I was speaking in front of a thousand people instead of 20 I was able to get on tv able to get on radio able to do all the things because I knew what to do because I had this book which was my launch launch pad to all of that so I'd get up on stage and I'd be talking about life purpose the topic of the book but I would share this story at the beginning of every talk it's a thing that speakers do called earn the right tell the story and then uh why do people want to hear what you have to say? Like, why should they listen to you? So you kind of share a story that, that helps assist that. So even though I was talking about life purpose, people would come up to me after I spoke and say, oh, yeah, I love the life purpose piece, but aren't you that book guy? Hey, aren't you the book guy? Aren't you that book guy? And I'm like, okay. And I, I, I only have to hear from the universe so many times before I get it. So I said, okay, let me check. And I 
I looked up theycallmethebookguy.com, which there's nothing there anymore, but there used to be. Theycallmethebookguy.com, and sure enough, it was available. And I was like, I get it. Until I am a household name like Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, all the people that took me under their wing and taught me everything they know, until I am that, it's it felt like at the time my responsibility and my gift to be able to share all the things that they taught me with potential authors, which with the difference makers of the world, right? the people who needed that support that I needed as well. And so I stepped into that. And so that's, they li- they literally <laughs> named me the book guy, not an idea I had. I just heard it come at me so many times. I was like, I get it. I'm the only person walking the earth that I know of that has all of the, all of the information from all of those people. And it would have probably taken years and a million dollars to uh, obtain everything that they gave me in a three-month period of time. So that's wow. what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I knew part of that story, but, I mean, there's even more detail <laughs> in it. And, and it's so, it's so, so interesting. Okay, well, let's, let's turn our attention to these crucial things, you know, that people should know before publishing your book. Because most of the time, you know, people like me, we're, we're dreamers, we're healers, we're, like you said, change makers, and we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference to a larger community. Right. And thinking also, ooh, wow, having a book, the money's not bad either. I'm thinking, because we're looking at, you know, T.R. Becker, you know, how many millions of books sold, and Jack Canfield, how many millions of books sold. Wow, we could make a lot of money. So, and then you taught me, we're not going to you know, spoil what you're going to say, but, uh, yeah, there's some, there's something to that that you need to know, right? So let's start at the beginning and let's talk about publishing. So a lot of people go, well, yeah, I need a solo book. Maybe, you know, maybe they got a good following already on Instagram, you know, lucky them, or that's great. Right. And they're like, well, I'm going to go to a big publisher and publish my book because they're going to give me an advance, um, and that's all they know, you know, Dave Asprey comes and says, Hey, you need your own book, right? And they go, well, where did Dave Asprey publish? Right? And they go searching there. So you told me there's four different types of publishers. I didn't even know there was that kind of thing. So how do we know what's best for us? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. All right. Well, there, there are four types of publishers and it's really important to know this. And so you're going to know what most people don't know, and you're going to be able to know which type of publisher you're talking to, because I'm going to show you all the red flags right up front. So the first one everybody knows about, that's traditional publishing, right? That's the Harper Collins, Simon Schuster, the ones we've heard about forever and, uh, and have been glorified. And, uh, and, and just FYI, unfortunately, publishing isn't like a Woody Allen movie anymore, right? Where, where they talk about, they act like you're going to get paid a ton of money up front for doing this book and, and you're going to be able to sequester yourself up in the mountains and you're going to have like money in the bank and, and all of this stuff from writing a book. And uh, it's just not like that anymore. And, uh, and then also the glorified book signing piece. If you think about it, even if you have book signings, there's what, 50 people there and you sold 50 books. So in the grand scheme of things, did you even pay for your flight, the hotel, the Uber on the way over there by selling 50 books and especially the little bit that you get? So traditional publishing in the current market is fantastic if you're Jack Canfield, if you're one of those people that already has a huge outreach, you already have millions following you, and all you have to do is put a book out and people will buy it. 
in these days to even get picked up as a brand new author by a traditional publisher is next to impossible. You can get an agent, you can have them submit and everything. And the first question is going to be what, what outreach do they have and what's their marketing plan, right? And if you don't wait, 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 those, hang on just a sec. You said what's their marketing plan? Like yeah. as in the author is yeah. uh, required to have a marketing plan? I thought the traditional publishers did that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get specifically into the marketing piece in a bit. Uh, but yes, they, if you had a marketing plan that made them feel like you're going to sell a ton of books and you have the outreach to do that, then they might consider you if you are a brand new author. Other than that, they're still the traditional publishers are still trying to sell books in an old school way in a new school world. And so most of them don't really know how to market their way out of a paper bag because they're still trying to do it the old school way. And we're not in that world anymore, right? And so that's why they're going kind of with the old school already, people that are already established because they know they can follow that and everything will work out. But the thing with traditional is even if you did, by some miracle, get them to say, yes, here's what you're looking at. Uh, if you were able to get an advance, these days, it's three to $5,000. Not going to be able to sequester yourself up in the mountains very long to write a book for three to $5,000. And even when they did give an advance, let's say $100,000, most people think that's free money. It's actually a loan. It's 100000 that they give you upfront based on future sales, which, by the way, they're going to give you a whole dollar per book. And, and then when you're in the process and it comes to editing, traditional publishers will say, don't worry, we've got that. But they're running a tab. So they're overcharging you for editing. They're keeping track of it. And then they're going to use multiple editors. editors so now it's stacking up. And then, oh, we got the proofreading. We got the layout. We got the cover. Don't worry all that about all that. But they're keeping a tab, running a tab. Plus oh. advance, right? Then it comes to marketing. Typically, traditional marketers, tr traditional publishers will throw 100000 at marketing. Again, old school marketing. And so now you've got a bill for all of those things, plus the upfront money, plus the $100,000 in marketing. And so let's say it's $150,000. And you're getting a dollar book. So you got to sell 150,000 books before you see a penny. Wow. And then most of the big publishers pay once a year. So depending on what time your book came out, you might be in a year and a half if you had to get any money at all. And then they love to like put the books in bookstores. And there's another thing. So they're paying to ship books to bookstores. They put them on the shelf. And that's why they want to know what marketing have because if those books don't fly off that shelf in 30 days at a bookstore they don't have room to shelf books that aren't selling so they'll pack them back up send them back who do you think's paying for that still running a tab oh so if gosh. you don't sell 150,000 books in 30 days most likely they're going to ship them back and you're going to end up with a bunch of boxes showing up on your doorstep along with the bill for probably up to $175,000 by then that they want you to pay back that they gave up front based on sales. Wait a second. What if they just paid you $5,000 up front? Do, you, do they still run a tab? On all the other stuff. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Editing, wow. proofreading, layout, cover. They, they, they're they not paying for anything. They're just 
kind of taking care of it up front so that you don't have to, but they surely want that back. Right? Wow. And wow. they want to make some money too, which is why I said over, over, over charging for editing whatever. So I won't be too happy about me saying that, but I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of people. <laughs> so, so the, if you're thinking about traditional, it's just uh, how important is having that imprint on your book? Are you willing to go through all the things that you would have to go through to get that? And then will you make any money anyway? So all things to consider about traditional publishing. It's just not how it Okay. So, so if you're like, I want that, I want HarperCollins as, right. as the name on there. Right. And I'm willing to fork out $100,000 <laughs> because like you said, they throw $100,000 into marketing. Literally, like it sounds like they're throwing into a wastebasket because they're using traditional marketing, not what is really working today. Then, then maybe traditional publishing would be right for you. But it doesn't sound very attractive to me. If you have that huge outreach yourself and you have a very strong marketing Otherwise, it's not even worth trying because they're not going to take on a new author that doesn't already have all of that established. Wow. Thing anymore. That's a lot of books to sell in 30 days. Yeah. So then uh, the second type of publisher is a vanity publisher. Now, a vanity publisher is uh, usually uh, pretends to be what they call a sister company of a sister company of another company. For instance, Balboa. We're a sister company of Hay House, right? Uh, sister company means they reached out to Hay House, said, we're a self-publishing firm. Uh, can we? Can you give us all the leads of everybody that you turned down so that we can do the books for you and we'll give you a kickback, right? So vanity publishers uh, sometimes reach out under the auspice of, hey, if you publish with us, you might have a chance of getting published with Hay House. I was really hoping I would be published by Hay House. Yeah. Yeah. I've only heard of one time, I've only heard of that happening uh, through Balboa, and that was because uh, she already had established, the, already had a foot in the door, just wanted to get it out, and then eventually they got to her, her request. And, and wow. Said, yeah, but she was like friends with the person. Other than that, never happened, right? And, um, they, and they used to like go on stage and say, you might get published by Hay House, but I said this so much in so many interviews, and I think it got back to them, and they just stopped making that claim. So if I've done one thing, one thing on this earth. <laughs> so people found out stuff. that they actually don't do that. Yeah, so vanity publishers, they're, they're usually not super uh, great at editing, right? Um, in my experience from the ones I've seen, don't know how to create a cover that sells. I mean, there's... There's really a layout, a very specific way of book covers that sell. They don't know that. They don't even have an endorsement on the front cover. I saw Balboa books with, with nothing but a title, no subtitle, just breaking every rule for a book that actually Didn't sells. Didn't know there was a rule. I just I just picked a nice picture that I liked and it said make a color from it, and it looks pretty, so thanks. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, most of us will take a journey, <laughs> like if, especially we're in the bookstore, you take a journey through the book cover takes you through a very specific journey that we're very used to. And if, it, and if you don't have that journey, then something feels off uh -huh. and you don't know why. And then you stick it back in the shelf. Gotcha. So, so vanity publishers, uh, they have packages. Here's a red flag. Vanity publisher packages. We've got a silver package, a gold package, and a platinum package. And yep. there's so many bullet points. I got. I think I packages. got the silver package in the first yeah. book. <laughs> and, they're, and they're very reasonably priced. And I'm going to oh, tell yes. you why. I'll tell you why. 
because in all of those bullet points, and they put so many bullet points that you don't really notice that editing isn't one of them. Oh, so yeah, package, it's definitely not one of them. Yeah, you buy your book, you get this package, you're like, I'm set. You go and you send them the manuscript, and that's another thing. Uh, vanity publishers will pretend they have a process where they actually decide to choose you. Uh, however, the vanity publisher will print your book no matter what, as long as you make it. And the three so even if it's poorly edited, grammar, whatever, they'll just print it anyway? Well, they're going to be the ones to edit it, so it'll probably be poorly edited, uh, in my experience. Oh, if you so, pay for the extra editing. Yeah, so that's what, what you think uh, you've got that, and when you send in your manuscript, then they say, okay, the editing's going to be an additional eight to $10,000. And you're like, wait, I got the platinum package. And they're like, read the bullet points. None of the bullet points are editing. So it's it's a dirty, dirty thing that they do, right? Uh and they'll, they'll, they've already got their money up front when you bought the package, when you found out editing wasn't included, and you paid them for editing and proofreading. And then, you, and then the layout and cover maybe was included. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that, that was so, included. So you, you get to all the way to the other side of that. Maybe you don't have a book that you're proud of. And, and then here's, here's the bummer. They already have their money, so they have no interest in whether you sell any books at all. Because they already got theirs, hmm. right? So, so they get all their money up front. They'll print anything as long as you write them a check. But they pretend that they're a publisher, but they're a glorified printer. Basically. They're a glorified so that's printer. Publishing, wow. wow! Like uh, Libris, I think it's X I L I B R S. You know, Morgan James, Balboa. There's so many you can type in. Uh, who are the vanity publishers or vanity publishers? Is that actually a term you can actually search? Because I yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, it's very I, well known now. I think uh, they that, keep calling me up trying to republish one of my books that isn't selling well. I'm like, well, I'm not marketing that book, so of course right. it's not selling well. <laughs> exactly, and how do you know it's not selling well? Uh, <laughs> so uh, then the next type of publishing is self-publishing. So self-publishing is great because unlike traditional where they own all the rights to your book, right? And then they tell you what they're going to do with your book and you have no right to say anything. Self-publishing is the opposite. You get to keep all the rights and you get to make all the decisions. That's a benefit. Uh, here's one of the negatives. Um, you make all the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> And I know as, exactly what you mean. As 20 years uh, in this business, I have the right to say that. Uh, when we are brand new and we don't know what we don't know, right? If we're trying to get a book out there and we don't know anything about it, it costs a fortune to get an education in how not to do a book. <laughs> and oh. so, so you're making the decisions and you're trying to save money by not paying a professional team, right? Most of the reason I know people self-publish a book is because they're trying to save money. Right. Uh, however, if for me personally, and I before I ever decided to publish, I still felt this way, is I'd rather not have a book than ha have one that I'm not proud of. Hmm. It doesn't read well. It isn't edited well. If it's going to represent my mission, my message, and my business, I want it to be top shelf. I want people mm. to, do that, to feel good in their hands. And the thing about self-publishing is you don't know what you don't know, right? And so a lot of times people end up getting the wrong editor the first time, sometimes the second time, before they finally find 
a good editor. So not all editors are created equal. Right. Yeah. Another thing we're going to get into on the other side of this. So we'll just keep that, keep that right here. Put a bookmark in it, folks. We'll talk about editors in a few minutes. Uh, so, so a lot of times it costs you the same amount of money to get a book out as if, if you would have just hired a professional team. And with self-publishing, have you ever just, somebody came up and said, here's my book and they put it in your hands and you're looking through it and you're like, I don't know what's wrong, but I know something's wrong, mm. right? It just didn't feel right in your hands. That could be anything from the cover, but especially the layout. It could be the editing. Like a lot of times I can go two pages into a self-published book and I already found 10 typos, you know? Uh, and then the layout is so, so important. We are so used to seeing a layout look at very specific. The way things, choices that we as publishers make, you don't know to make. And so something just feels off about the layout. And so most of the time we say, thank you, and we take the book anyway. But for me, it's it, even before I really knew what I was doing, it was hard for me to, to read those books. Something felt off. So I usually would just say, oh, I'll read it later, and then put it aside. So self-publishing is uh, fantastic in that you keep your rights to your book, and that would be one of the key benefits. Mm. Other than that, it's uh, you're dealing with Amazon. If you decide to do it yourself and you try to put the book up in KDP and Amazon, <laughs> they're not. Oh, yes, I did that too because I couldn't afford, you know, at the time to do the physical guide to healing chronic pain book. And luckily, you know, um, my friend took this course and gave me tips on, you know, how to do certain things, certain fonts, whatever, whatever course she was taking. And I, I squeaked by <laughs> with a, an actually non-professionally edited book and got number one, you know, bestseller. And I literally, I think it was the universe going, okay, Karen, <laughs> you know, cause I'd spent $21,000 on a video thing, which was completely waste of money. And thanks to you, right. you know, you said, well, don't worry about it because you know, you can have a course uh, off the end of that. You know, and even if you can't publish the book in time for that, that, that eight minute video, $21,000 eight minute video to, yeah. to, to go on, which I did not get any leads of that, um, that I know of that you just put up a page, say coming soon. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. You know? And so, I mean, you, I mean, you saved my butt, right? Because that, cause I love to teach and I'm like, Oh, well, Oh, 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 you don't earn money from the book. <laughs> You were reminded of what comes after the book. Okay, so I learned that big lesson, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's everything after the book. That's where the money is made. Uh, yeah, and so, that uploading to, to K, uh, Katie Space, all that stuff. Like, oh my gosh, I was pulling my hair out trying to get Microsoft Word, okay, 2003 or whatever, to convert yeah. to the thing that Amazon needed, and I had pictures, and they were all formatted weird once I did the conversion. I mean, I was just so frustrated. Finally, I realized I had to get Microsoft Word 2010 or something, and then I, I was able to do it. But I, I needed a lot of help, and I, just looking back, I, I'm, it's amazing that it ever got published. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we've got uh, traditional, we've got vanity, we've got self-publishing, and then the fourth kind of publisher is what I call hybrid publisher. And that is what we are. That's what our publishing company is. And there's a few other hybrid publishers out there that are very similar to what we do. And I'll tell you how we got to what we do. Uh, Jack Canfield, who's one of my mentors, I had helped so many people to write their books that he was like, 
you might want to consider publishing some of these people. You're helping a lot of people. You already have more bestsellers than some companies wish they had, right? And so you might want to publish these people, but know that it's a lot of administration. It's a lot. There's a lot. So really think about it. So my wife Mar and I, when we were thinking about do we want to take this on, uh, we made a list of what we call things that traditional publishers do that piss us off. <laughs> And we wrote all those things down the left side of the page until we were done. We just vented. We just got it all out because we had been out there. We had heard a lot of stories, and we had been through them ourselves trying to get a publisher for our first book um, until we ended up self-publishing. <laughs> and, uh, so, and learning the hard way on that as well. So uh, we looked at that list, and then we went to the right side of the page, and we said, what's the complete opposite of that? So all the things that we thought were not right, dirty, unfair, whatever you want to call it, that publishers did. We wrote the opposite on the right-hand side of the page, and then we had a list of what we called things we'll do. Right? Things we will do if we become a publisher. Wow. And that's why we have the simplest agreement ever that in publishing <laughs> that you'll sign. You're basically giving us the rights to also market your book and to keep track of the sales and to send you quarterly royalties like that's that's it which i get thank you very yeah, much right that's it <laughs> and so uh and so uh, everything about our publishing is to is in favor of the author hmm. it's because we want if we publish you we want you to have success and so everything is set up for your success being that you get the amount that the publisher would usually get, and we get the tiny little amount that you would normally get. Uh, yeah, all, I cannot believe that. I'm like, who does that? Yeah, you keep all of your rights, <laughs> you know, so everything is complete. It's, it's opposite. And then because all of those mentors took me under their wing and taught me everything that they know, one thing that I give all of our authors that I've never heard of any other company ever doing is I give you complimentary mentoring as needed for life at no charge. They didn't me one penny for the mentoring that they gave me, which made all the difference in the world to me. And so that was one of the things that was so important to me. If I'm going to be a publisher, then I'm going to do what they did. Mm, makes me want to cry. And that is unheard of. And that is when people... Definitely. People have worked with other publishers... <laughs> And they, and they hear, they go, all right, give it to me, right? One guy literally bent over his kitchen counter and said, all right, tell me, give it to me. <laughs> what, what, what are those going to be offering him? And when I got through to the end of how we do things, he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. And he's like, where's the contract? He was like, uh, what? He's like, just the mentoring, you know, will far outpay Anything that I ever, that you make in royalties, I will get in mentoring and some. So, uh, so yeah, we're, it's just completely backwards. So, so we basically took all the best things about self-publishing and all the best things about traditional publishing and kept them and then took all the stuff that wasn't great and threw those out. And that, that's what we did. Wow. And it works for you? I mean, seriously? I mean, how do you guys... I don't want to say how do you guys make money, but you know, it's like, obviously you're still here. It's still yeah. working. You still have lots of publishers, I guess maybe referrals, right? <laughs> Cause we love you so much. <laughs> referrals. And, um, you know, we have a program called the you speak it program where you literally speak your book in seven phone calls 
you make money there. Uh, we are making some money, in, you know, editing, proofreading, layout cover. There's a little bit of a market there. Um, but we really just decided to become publishers to, to provide the service um, that we just couldn't find. I mean, we were looking for it. Wow. Um, yeah, we don't uh, mark up as much as <laughs> most publishers would. Uh, and, and we're not as big as HarperCollins only because we made the choice that we don't want. So we publish books that make a difference. We work with difference makers of the world. We, because of that, the people that you've introduced me to are the greatest people in the world I could ever meet. And when those two things match up and we end up being somebody's publisher, then uh, then every one of our authors will tell you that it's like a family, yeah. not a number. Right. And, and if we were as big as HarperCollins, how could you not be a number? If we were trying exactly. To so many numbers of books. So, so we, uh, you know, we stopped counting when we published a hundred, hundred authors and, and, and had thousands of people that published their books through, you know, compilation books, you know, way more than <laughs> hundreds of authors that we published. Um, and, and it's, it's the perfect amount and we meet the greatest people and are still able to, uh, you know, keep our business open and, and support people with their mission and message out to the world. Mm, yeah, that's great. Well, let's go to the next question. A lot of people think, hey, I'm going to sell a million books, I'm getting a million dollars, even if it's a dollar a book for traditional publishing. Uh, what's the odds of that actually happening? <laughs> All right. I think me and uh, John Gray, who are the first people to really have the guts to say this from the stage, and it made a lot of people mad. And that is, a uh, book is not where the money's made. It's everything after the book is where the money's made. Um, you have a better chance of winning the lottery than having a chicken soup for the soul. Wow. Sorry, but it's true, right? Uh, however, if you take that book and you turn it into programs and products, right? And then you're willing to get out and, and speak and be be the voice through your book so much that people connect with you and they want to hire you or give you programs and products. That is where the money is made. So I say, uh, book is not where the money is made. It's everything after the book is where the money is made. So let's get everything after the book ready before the book comes out. Because when uh -huh. I read your book, I read Dr. Karen's book, and I'm like, oh my God, love her, want more. And then I go to Dr. Karen's website. She has more available for me. And not only does she have more available for me, and this is something I love to teach, is have something available for me at each level so that each amount level, so that when I open my wallet and say, hey, I have this much, that you have something for me. So you start at the price of a book. That's all I've proven is I'll buy your book. So have something for me at that amount. But then also have something at 97, 197, 497, 997. 1997, and then your big program, right? That way, however much I want to invest, you have something for me, and I can just click yes to purchase it. And that is where the money is made. Mm. Certainly not from a couple bucks. Right, so per, it sounds like timing-wise for people's careers, sometimes, you know, a lot of us want to write a book, but we're not in a place in our business to have the what's after the book. <laughs> So is it true that sometimes the book may be premature, possibly, if we well, haven't developed these things? It is so hard to create programs and products without a book. Uh, if you've already done the book, then we're just repurposing and repackaging 
the book into the programs and products. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Well, I I did it backwards because um, I had my Light Warrior training camp and I created the Light Warrior training camp, in-person camp. Uh, and then COVID happened and all that stuff, right? And then uh, then I thought, well, you know, I could turn this into a book. So I did it the opposite way. Well, you're, you're an anomaly. You're a dynamo. <laughs> you're just like going to create content like while you're sleeping all day long, every day. So <laughs> of, course, of course you can make it work. But most of us like to sit down and say, I want to create a program and do that is is not something that most of us, not you, are able to do. But if I've already done my book, now I have the roadmap to that program already broke into chapters, which would be modules, right? Mm. And each bullet point is the pieces of the module. So it's just taking that, and that's the template for all your programs and products. And that's just one of the things I give all of our authors is like how to turn your book into a home study course by doing it wow. live first. So you do a live course, record it, turn it into your home study course. Now you can sell the live course, but if somebody says, oh, I wish I could afford your live course, but I only have this much, you could say, oh, well, here's the home study course, all the same information, but you can do it in your jammies whenever you want, right? And I so did that. I did exactly what you taught. I, I had a home study course. I had my creating a fair tell love life. I didn't, couldn't afford to you know, do the whole publishing, like physical book at the time. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. that was even before some of the stuff you did. And so I did, I, I actually made a, made a course, uh, related to that. And then like you told me, put up a camera, you know, put up a camera. So I put up a camera, a cheapo camera and recorded everything. Um, audio had video, the video messed up, but anyway, I had the audio. So I turned it into a course and then sold the course. So I know yeah. It's an awesome Student. I'm a good student. <laughs> so are you, obviously. And it's so, so rewarding to see somebody <laughs> take the things you teach, actually do them, and have me. That's uh, a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I know you've heard some horror stories uh, in your travels with talking with people, publishing, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, I know you've heard um, R, meaning there's a few of my friends who you know, uh, mini horror stories with, with one of our compilation books with, you know, the editor that was like the soup Nazi. So we got yeah. our chapters back with, with, with capitalized red, you know, corrections, mm. um, very blunt, uh, literally, you know, I got a thing crossed, not crossed out, but said, um, I made a joke. Um, my, my chapter is called alternate self uh, syndrome. And I thought, well, that spells ass. Right. So I thought that was hilarious. Right. So I wrote something about that, how funny it was. And she's like, people will not find that funny. Not everyone find that funny. Take that out. Like it was just so blunt. Right. Um, I was like, okay. My target market would find that funny. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Right. And then, uh, one of my other friends who, you know, um, was in the same book and I felt really bad because I'd referred them to this book project. Uh, I guess you get what you pay for. Um, and literally they changed the title of her chapter without her permission. I said, what? I said, I said, who does that? Right. And then, well, yeah. we didn't have time. I'm like, you didn't have time to send her an email, a text, a messenger say, Hey, I want to change the, t- the title of your thing. Cause it makes more sense to us. And she goes, that's not what I meant. Right. So the whole title of the chapter is different from what she meant. And I just, I just kept apologizing to my friends. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're like, Oh, we love you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm like, I didn't know. Right. So tell us about editors. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Well, our editors have actually been trained, untrained, I would say, to, uh, to not be brilliant. And notice I say air quotes on be brilliant. And that's kind of the only time you're ever going to see me do air quotes. An editor's job really in the outside world and with other companies is to put words on your words and make them sound smarter. Like that's just what editors want to do. Hmm. However, uh, the books that we publish still have your voice, right? And we want it to have your voice. We want that when people read the book, they can hear your voice reading the book to them because we actually kept your words, but polished them up and made them read well. But as far as the three types of editors and why people end up getting the wrong ones and having to fork out and dole a bunch of money before they find the right one is that most people don't know there are three types of editors and none of them are all good at the three types of editing. None. It's impossible. The brain works a completely different way. And that's why they're that type of editor. There's a very small, very, very, very small percentage that is actually good at two of them. Our uh, chief editor that we uh, had up until about six months ago, uh, she was really good at two, and that's the first one I ever met. Was really good at two. So, so there's uh, three types of editors. The first editor is the developmental or, or structural editor. Those are two terms used for the same person. So they can look at the whole thing, even if it's just a big mess, and their brain goes, oh, we just take this and put it over here and move that over there and move that there, and then, oh, you could say that. What do you think of saying that instead of that? And they're able to take wow. that thing and, and take a puzzle and put it all together in a way that is smooth, re you know, <laughs> it's going to read well, and that is a very, very specially and unique person, and there are not a lot of them out there. Developmental, structural editors that are really good are hard to find. So if you take a book and it's kind of a mess and you give it to one of the other kinds of editors, they don't know what to do with it. They're just going to write it, copy edit it, give it back to you, and then you're going to be like, ah, everything still feels off, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first type of editor. Second is copy editor. So once everything's been put in the right place, you guys have talked, you've decided, you're both like, hmm, we're ready to move forward now with these words. That's when the copy editor comes in puts the commas in the right place, the periods, gets rid of all your exclamation points because it's not an exclamation unless you're exclaiming something. So maybe five in a whole book is preferred, right? <laughs> exclamation book after every sentence is not an exclamation. So they come in and they do the, uh, sorry, that's publisher, publisher pet peeve coming out. Uh, so copy editor shines it up, makes it read well. And then the third type of editor is called a proofreader. Proofreaders are good at one thing, proofreading. They love to read books, they read them fast, and if a comma is out of place, it will reach out off the page and smack them. <laughs> they, are, they are the grammar Nazis of the world, and thank God for them. Thank God for wow. them. However, they don't want to edit the book. They just love to read books, and if a comma is out of place, it'll smack them. So they're just like, just give me a book. And then they read it, and they read it fast, and they catch everything that's wrong. That's a proofreader. They're not trying to developmental, structural edit your book. So red flag, red flag. You go to an editor, and they say, oh, yeah, I can edit your book. It's $20 an hour. Red flag, run away, right? Really? I, I can edit your book, um, and it's going to be this much. It's going to be $3,000. Red flag, run away. Uh, have they looked at it? Did they give you a sample edit? 
Me. Oh. You see what they will do, what kind of questions they would ask ahead of time before you give them money. Do they think that they're an editor because they were a school teacher 15 years ago, an English teacher? Right, right. Same rules do not apply, right? So, wow. Uh, so, we as publishers, like, we even have style choices that we make, right? And so, so, any book that we published, we've edited, we did the layout, we did the cover because all of our books feel the same, have the same house style choices when it comes to editing. Our editors are totally up to date on the newest trends in editing, right? Like they're up to date, not 20 years ago English. So uh, so that's the challenge that people have is we don't know that there's three types of editors and if you don't get the right one for where you're at, it's going to end up just not being good or right the first time, maybe the second time. By the time you find the right editor, you don't have any money left, so then you come to someone else can you help me, <laughs> right? And you're like, but I'm out of money. And now it's the right person, and they don't have to help you. And we run into that a lot because people will go out to vanity publishers, go through the whole process, give them all that money, and then they have a book they're not proud of come to us. Like, if I had, I wish I knew how many Balboa cleanups we've done, right? <laughs> Where people came and we had to, like, redo the whole book for them. So, uh, So you already, just so far with what you know, no more than, 99% of the wow. world is four different kinds of publishers, three different kinds of editors. Wow. And, and I, I remember, um, the like I said before, the, the treatment was so different. Um, I submitted a manuscript, and then I got, uh, for my Sensitivity to Superpower book, uh, yeah. I was going to go pro this time. <laughs> so um, that was my solo book, and um, I got a sample edit. And the new cool thing was, first of all, it wasn't like big capital red things shouting at me. Uh, but and, and second thing, it was just so kind and suggestive. Like, well, this is how you know we would, you know, speak, uh, you know, say the same thing. You're in a passive voice, and this is why we, you know, we discourage this kind of voice. I would put so in front of every sentence. I still do that. Okay, when I write my blogs and stuff like that. And then, of course, the grammar, now we have Grammarly, and it's like underlined so. And I'm like, because I say that, like, I talk that way. So, <laughs> da 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 da. And so, da da da. Right, and I write that way. Anyway, so I yeah. realize it doesn't uh, read that well, but it was just so thorough and yet kind. Um, and then you explained everything, like why you changed suddenly something so I learned a bunch of stuff yeah. from the editor and she says well the you know this this word can mean this or this or this or you know you could use this word here or like in into in one word into or a single word into right I was using it all incorrectly I didn't I didn't know I had no idea yeah. and she gently explained I'm like I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm in kindergarten but she gently explained the difference I was like no way. I have not known. I've gone to university. I got med school degree. Right? <laughs> no idea. I was doing that incorrectly. So yeah, having the right editor is, is great. And you talked about earlier about unlearning, right? So when they come to you and they work for you, you train them to not overtake our voice. Yeah. And be nice. Be nice. Because <laughs> they're not, they're just like, not. editors, and they'll tell you, aren't always people, people. Person, right. People persons. Like they, right. they don't want to hang out with people. They want to 
sit at their house and fix books, right? <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're putting them in a position where they're dealing with people, right? So they're not always going to be like super bubbly and nice. They're just going to tell you what's wrong and yeah. let's fix it, right? Let's right. do it. Let's do this thing. It's a, it's a different energy. So we, uh, we definitely, in all of our team members, my wife and I have a, a very loving kind of energy. And so we seek out people that have that as well and have really great communication skills. And if they mm. don't already have fantastic communication skills, then we have them read the seven steps book and do the process. And one of them is chapter five is communication and learn that skill. Wow. Um, they, if they're willing to do all of that and then they do, and they learn the, what we call the format in a way of delivering content, <laughs> live, de delivering feedback in a loving way, then they're a match, right? <laughs> to be honest. Oh. So we, we really try to get people with like-minded energy to us. And then, uh, and then what we do for people who have written a manuscript and they're ready to take it to the next level is we do a manuscript evaluation, right? Mm -hmm. $295, you pay it up front. That's to pay our editor to go through the manuscript to, give you feedback, tips, all the things you were talking about. Wow. Notes. They do a sample edit, meaning a few pages. That's a great deal. <laughs> I want to be clear. They make a few pages of edits to give you a, an idea of how we edit, kind of questions they might ask, right? And then uh, they'll also give you, the, here's how much it would be to do editing and proofreading of your book to get it ah. ready for production, and the timeline. So when you look at all of that and you're just like, Yes, this is the team I want. I'm clear. This, this is going to be a great edit and proofread. Then uh, you would pay what the investment would be for the editing and proofreading minus $295. So we give you back the $295 wow. that you gave us up front. That was just to pay the editor for their time in case you took the feedback, which was worth $1,000, $2,000, and went and decided to go another way or go off on your own, that they got paid for their work. That was something mm. that Jackie said years ago. Because Mar used to spend days doing, putting together a proposal, and then someone would go out and shop that and get a better deal and go away, and and we were just like no, so uh, so we credit back the two ninety five toward whatever. That's very is. generous. And during the process of working on your book, now you get to know our team, and our team gets to know you and your book, mm. and so one of two things happens when it's a match for us to publish. Either the editor goes, "Oh my God, I love her, <laughs> love this book, you should publish this." Or the author gets clear, this is who I want to publish with, and then says, can we have a publishing conversation? And that's how we, we when we know it's a match for both of us, mm. that's Yeah, so no hard sells, not, nothing like that, because you just want we're, a match. We're creating a friendship forever. Right. <laughs> so we want to we make sure that we both are feeling like I love feeling that, that mm, with each other. <laughs> right? Oh man. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, yeah. And, and I, I've been loving so much talking to you, Keith, I, I haven't shared with people your website yet. <laughs> so let's do that now. Uh, so, uh, to learn more about, uh, uh, Keith and the team, uh, the, the publishing, uh, beyond belief, publishing.com also Leon Smith, publishing.com. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, and then if you are interested in just chatting with Keith, like just about your own book. And that's like, you're kind of like, wow, now that I know more information, right. Um, then Keith, tell us, you know, in this clarity call, which people can go to karencan.com forward slash my book, all one word, karencan.com forward slash my book. What happens in the clarity call? Well, that's a call with me. So first of all, you're on, on a call with 
publisher that's been in business for 20 years. And we're just going to get clarity about your book. I'm going to ask you, you know, what is your book about? What is your vision? What do you want to create with the book? And then I'm able to, having all that information, then I can advise you as to what would support you. So rather than just throwing out things right on my website, you go and there's not packages, there's not things to purchase. Because if I make a package and you only need four of the 20 things, why would I have you pay for 20 things if you only need four? So I like to connect with people. We meet heart to heart. We have a conversation. You tell me what your big vision is with your book. And then we see what, what are the ways that we can support you in moving forward. Even if that's to refer you to to someone else, you know, because mm. we, we publish books that make a difference. You feel better when you put it down than when you picked it up. So we're not, we don't have any books in politics or war or anything that's angry and mad. There's no murder mysteries, right? Mm. These are books that you feel better when you put it down than when you picked it up or it's not in our catalog. So, wow. uh, so we, we just connect and, and see what's the best way to support your forward movement and get clarity about next steps. Right. And is that, uh, is that a free call? Yes, yes, a complimentary call, half an hour with me, and uh, we'll just get to it. Okay, that's great. And so what you're saying is that it's not just this cookie cutter, here's package ABC, you're going to really interview and and know the dream and know the scope um, so that whatever cost, you know, I do a lot of air quotes, uh, but anyway... (laughs) Whatever the cost is, uh, that's customized to that that person and their needs. Nothing right. more, nothing less. Okay. Yeah. Somebody might be like, "Hey, I really, really want to write the book, but I just need to know how to do that, and maybe it would help if I had some support." The home study course can help them. It's got recordings that puts you in the perfect place to write. I give you all the tips about how to write and, and, and just everything <laughs> about how to write a book. So maybe that's all somebody needs. But most people actually won't write the book. So so let's say that person is uh, is a healer, is a functional medical practitioner, is, is somebody that's of service to other people. So you need a book more than anything. You need a book for credibility. You need a book as your business card, but you don't have time to write it because you're always helping other people, right? That's you. That's why we created the You Speak It book course. Seven phone calls will get you to speak the book, turn that into a book for you. Right. So that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I am a writer. (laughs) (laughs) I write the books and I have a manuscript and I'm ready to move forward. Fantastic. Then we do the manuscript evaluation and move forward Ah. from there. So everybody's in a different place. I'm just I'm just thinking about writing a book and I think I would be better speaking it. Well, I want to make sure that they are a speaker or they have spoken because it's hard to just get someone to speak a book if they're not a speaker, right? Oh, okay, okay. At least are talking about what they want to write the book about all day long so they could do it in their sleep, Mm. right? So it's called You Speak It because typically we're working with people that are used to speaking about what they want. Gotcha, gotcha. And and my understanding is if the book is a a big tome, like my 416-page book, that that does not qualify necessarily for the You Speak It program, right? Correct. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. And and you talked about a home study course. I know like I know when I buy home study stuff, I sometimes just don't do it unless I'm an accountability partner. Um but what what what's the name of that? Uh, bake your book. Home study. Yeah. 
I think there's more than just how to write your book in there, right? Isn't that like how to like get endorsements and how to it's, market it's your book? All that stuff is in there. You, it's everything that you need to know, but it's and it's also having you write. So as I I'll teach you all how to get endorsements, and then at the end of that class, then I'll say, okay, so put all that aside for now. Clear, right? It'll be there when you're ready, right? Now let's write, and then it'll be a closed eye process. It puts you in the perfect place to write. So I'm teaching wow. you the, the business of books, a way more extensive anything that we'll talk about today. But you'll you'll know the whole business. You'll know about marketing, everything. Uh, but there's a saying that if you're everything, you're nothing. So rather than calling it a book writing and marketing and this and that and that course, they'll just say. It's a book writing course. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> and then you'll happen to learn uh, all the other stuff you'll need along the way. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, great, great. Um, so, you know, uh, you said something about practitioners needing a book to build their practice, coaching, speaking business. Like, well, can you tell us more about what you mean by that? Well, the first 50 books we did were for chiropractors. So who has the hardest time explaining what they do in 10 seconds? <laughs> right? However, why would they choose this chiropractor over that chiropractor when there's offices everywhere? Well, because right. this one has a book, because this one has an endorsement from somebody famous on the front cover saying they're awesome. And then when they flip it over, there's three other people saying they're awesome. And when I open the book, there's a whole bunch of people saying they're awesome. And they're actually a published author. They're, they're not a, they're, a doer, not a talker, right? We talked about mm. that earlier. They're a doer. They're not going to someday write a book. They actually have one. And then it also happens to be about what they do, which is being a chiropractor, and tells me the story of why they became a chiropractor, right? So no matter what business you want to grow, if we're, we're able to capture what you do, why you do it, put endorsements on it, like all the pieces that are so important, right? Then you can use that book as your business card, so you don't waste time giving somebody a teeny tiny piece of paper when they ask, what do you do and do you have a card? You give them the book, right? And then you give it with some type of offer. And this is what I teach all of our authors. I give it with an offer. So that now they're like, oh, my God, this person must be successful. They just gave me a book plus the first visit free or first call free, right? And told me the value of that. So for the first visit, it's usually 150 bucks. Plus a book, they just gave me $170. Like it's nothing to them. Clearly, they must be successful. So when I need a chiropractor, who am I going to call? Mm, <laughs> so nice. Right? And if you want to get on stage now, the big stage, you want to get on media, radio, television, what's the name of your books? Usually the first question. So. <laughs> right. It's so true. I, I think just, I mean, just even writing my like little bio, you know, for telesummits and things like that, it's, it, 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 <sighs> On the one hand, it's like one could argue, oh, you know, your big ego, you want to be best-selling author, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think people, it's just the world that we live in, that people place you in a, oh, they're credible. Yeah. Because their are names with all these and they're, yeah. yeah, there's like the social cred, right? So yeah. then it is great because it's actually, if you look at all the healers that, you know, and tele-summits and things like that, it's actually very few, interestingly, uh, that gives me an idea of referrals. Anyway, um, <laughs> very few that I've seen that have it in their bio. Yeah. You know, multi, well, in my case, you know, multi-time, number one, award-winning, best-selling author, so-and-so, you know, founder of blah, 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 right? It's, it's actually not that common, and but it, it's instant credibility. Everything I owe with my business is is to that. Just what you talked about. 
because that second book that I did, I was in a book with those 10 people from the movie The Secret. That opened every door for me because people automatically saw me as those people, mm. the same level as those people, just by being in a book with them, which I thought was pretty amazing. I'm like, really? You know, they were just like nervous around me, like I would be around Jack, you know, or Bob. It was just, it was weird. I was just like, oh, they see me at the same level because I'm in a book with them. So, uh, and endorsements are important because it's not what we say about our book or our business. It's what other people say. Oh, right, right. right and and you taught me to, to really write these expert, amazing endorsements. Like I said, I'm a good student. So, and, and, and I would use my superpowers too. So I'd actually, if I asked somebody for an endorsement, um, I would actually tune in to like, cause I know them, right. I tune into who they are and how they would speak. And I would write these endorsements. I know a little more worth than what you said, but I, I just enjoyed love cause I love to write. So I, I enjoyed writing these and 90% of the time they would go, that's exactly what I would say. Exactly. Yeah. And Thank if you. you. Think about it. Endorsements one to two lines. So yeah. How creative can we really get in one to two? I don't know. I was pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I did a I did a forward like that because the same it's the same process for a forward. You know where I and I and I remember teaching you this, and I think that's maybe why you do the way you do. But uh, I channeled that person that I wanted to do the forward for me. Yes. Yes. By myself as them having just finished the book closed the back cover, knowing what they know about me and now having read the book, what would I write? And then I wrote it and then I sent it and said, will you do the forward? And that person was like, I only changed two sentences. Like, (laughs) what are you following me around? Like, like, (laughs) seriously, like you are in my head. That was Uh... nuts. And so I told him the process of what I do and he, he was like, Wow. Yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Of course, Norm Shealy was like, oh, you know, it like, you know, one week, here's, here it is. Here's, here's your forward, right? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, he's yeah. so busy, right? But it's like, here it is. Like, he loves to write and he's like, speed read it. And I didn't even get a chance to even like do it for him. He just did it. So those are the exceptions, but That's you make the process so easy. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I'm going to summarize this for everyone. And by the way, if you, um, if you missed that part, uh, beyondbeliefpublishing.com. So I've chosen to use that label for, for my books, Keith, but there are other options. Uh, or you can go to leonsmithpublishing.com and to book a free interview with Keith about your book, you go to karencan.com forward slash my book, and it'll go straight to his calendar. And it is a complimentary call. So I want to kind of summarize everything we talked about, Keith, today, because there's so much value, so amazing. So number number one, there's four different types of publishers. I was only aware of two, (laughs) you know, uh, not that long ago. And um, people can listen to this show to figure out, okay, which one is more likely a match for me? And then, you know, uh, there's a myth that we can earn a lot of money from our, our, our selling our books. That's not where the money's made. The money's made after the book. Um, and as far as ownership and things like that, a lot of people don't know that the, the traditional publishing, they own the rights to your book and what you possibly can create afterwards. Whereas with a hybrid or self-publishing, you get to decide those things. And that's very important, especially for people that, you know, make it like, you know, get a brand for themselves. Now, you know, now you have that uh, ability to lead your business the way you want to do, not the way they say you have to do. Um, and then definitely the, the other take home was, you know, get the right editor <laughs> for the right job, know where you're at, uh, what you need. Uh, and then if you are a super, super busy, especially if you're a busy clinician, like I used to be, um, and you'd love to have a book, it's, it's immediate, you know, 
credibility, but you don't have time for it, there is another option, which is proprietary to uh, your publishing, which is um, the You Speak It program. Um, and then finally, if you already have your book, have a manuscript, you can actually pay $2.95 to get a manuscript review and get, you know, some feedback, a sample edit. Um, and then if you do decide to hire Keith and his team, uh, then um, that will actually be uh, refunded to you. And everyone is different. Everyone um, and their book projects are, are very unique. And so there's no one-size-fits-all price or one-size-fits-all you know, editing. So, um, yeah. Wow. That was a really long sentence. <laughs> How'd I do? How'd I do? You did well. You did well. <laughs> Are we out of time? Oh, well, well, let's, uh, let, uh, let's check in. Um, so we're a little over an hour. I know we had a lot of content, so it's completely up to you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share, uh, with our audience today? Yeah, well, I would love to share tips Okay. <laughs> for the writing process. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That way, if you're you're in process uh, or you're thinking about it and you're just like, yes, I want to do it with, by myself, of course, call me. But there's just a few things that, that I know my wife <laughs> would want me to share, especially one of them. Uh, so the first thing I like to share is you when you're writing the book, you want to start with the beginning through the end already mapped out, what I call the roadmap. So do your contents page and, ha and just know where your book is going to start and end and let that all flow out onto the page. And once you're done with that and on that day and you say, okay, that's the book, anything that comes after that is called book two. File it over there. Because you can try to make something better all forever and you'll yep, never get that I book. I know that one. So start with the roadmap, which means your contents page. I call it a roadmap because you know where you're going to start, you know where you're going to end. Now you can get started, right? And then, so when you look at that, now that you know where it's going to start and it's going to end, now write the chapter that feels the easiest first. Mm. You don't have to write in order because you already know where it's going to start and it's going to end. But let's say the first chapter, the very first part was a heavy, something really intense, something you were going to have to really look at some deep, you know, traumatic stuff. And that was chapter one and you were writing chronologically, you would just say, nope push it aside and never write that book. So start with the chapter that feels the easiest. You've already written it a million times in your head. You can do it in your sleep. Mm. Yes. And then finish that chapter before moving on to another. That's for sure. Always complete a chapter before moving on to the next. Once you finish that chapter, look for which next one feels easiest. Always be writing the chapter you feel is the easiest and finish a oh, chapter. Oh, that's brilliant. Because if you don't finish the chapter, our, our mind hates undones. So if anything uh, is undone, that's where you start to get that thing people call writer's block. Yep. This writer, writer's block is really just a pissed off inner child. But it's a whole nother diatribe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of us that always wants to play and never wants to, to write, you know, or do anything serious. So we sit down and try to write a book and that inner child is going crazy. So, uh, so <laughs> next is, uh, and this is the one, this is why I'm sharing this. Because my, my wife would want you to know, uh, do not edit while you're writing. You'll be writing forever. They're, they're, that's why we have editors, right? So just throw it up on the page, get it done, hand it over to the professionals, and this one especially. And this is the best tip I could give you today. Uh, do not format your manuscript. Ooh. Do not try to make it look like a book. 
Do not put page numbers. Do not put chapter titles at the top. Do not do any of that stuff. Just, just, just type in a paragraph, hit enter twice. There's a space and type the next paragraph and just everything left justified. Just let this side be jiggity jaggedy on this oh side. Oh my gosh. Just do not format because layout artists have to undo everything that you did so that they can do the layout. And then people wonder, why is my layout $1,000? Because oh. everything has to be undone. And if the editors didn't do it, then maybe... So no did. chapter titles? Yeah, put a chapter title, flush left. Oh, but don't make it Enter, big and fancy and centered. And or... then start your chapter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Oops. yes, you can put subtitle, <laughs> space, next paragraph, everything left. Just, just no formatting because everything... And you're going to have to pay for that because if you hand it to a layout artist and they put it in the way you formatted, everything comes in all scrambled and mixed up and they will literally scream at us and the screen. So <laughs> we usually have the editor do it ahead of time, <laughs> right? Which you have to pay an editor to undo everything that you did. So if you want to save money right up front, just no formatting. So now Mara will love me for sharing mm. that. And then, uh, and then the last thing, we'll keep you from writing forever. This is the biggest tip in the world. I've never heard anybody else share this. Write the introduction last. So you write all the chapters, then you write the conclusion, right? I hope that you got this, I got blah, blah, here's your next steps, boom, go back and now write the introduction. People that write the introduction first, write the introduction, they write the whole book, they come back and they read it from the top, they read the introduction, they're like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And then they try to fix the introduction and then they just get in this isn't right mode and they're just forever in a loop because mm. part of an introduction talks about the process of writing the book and how that process was to you. We've read this very oh, specific template. <laughs> We've read a very specific template of introductions our whole life and the process of writing the book is one of those things. And if it's not in there, something feels off. We don't know what's off. Then we just try to write it again, but we're still not including that part. And it just keeps people in forever loop writing because the introduction is off. So, so I am happy to provide <laughs> a template for an introduction. But it, it basically is, you know, here's, here's why I wrote this book. Here's what it's about. Here's the process of writing the book. Here's what I hope you get from reading the book and here's how to read the book. Those are five things so important in an introduction that we're used to seeing feeling, feeling. Mm, that's a great there. tip. Then we're just like, it's just not right. And then we just start at the top all the way through. And, uh, and so just reform, write the thing all the way through, come back, oh, write the introduction, gosh. hand it off to the professionals. Oh, that's great. Well, do you ever, I know this isn't a formal tip, or maybe it is, um, but I found that for the first uh, book that I eventually became a physical book, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach, that part of the, because I was trying to write in the middle of a busy practice, right, which is very, very difficult for, for most people, uh, I had the end in sight, and I think I got some of that from you know, the time that we did coaching. Um, and so what I did was I made up a mock cause I like creating stuff. I made up a mock, um, cover. I knew that wasn't going to be the final cover and I pasted it on the wall in front of me in the computer. So every day I'd come into work and I'd look at it and going, 
yep, that's what the book's going to be like. And, and that, and I think even from the first book that I wrote, um, with your help, creating a fairytale love life, I had my assistant create me a beautiful cover. It was going to be an ebook, but it was a cover, right? And I just literally, you know, printed it out in beautiful purple and pink and everything like that, pasted it on. And I'm like, that's my book because I saw it already done and I hadn't written anything yet. And it, I think it really helped me. I did the same thing for the first lot of books. <laughs> I always created my cover. And then even uh, the people that I was going to reach out to for the Who Do You Think You Are book, Ooh. I actually took their books and put them in front of me with their picture staring at me. And then I would envision them saying, call me up. Come on. You know, ask me. You got this. Because I was in so much fear. Like, how am I going to reach these people? That, and they're super famous. Why are they going to say yes? But I would envision all of them because I had their books in front of me saying, call me. Ah, oh, you got this. Ah, oh, you know I'm going to say yes. And and they literally talked me into reaching out to them. So uh, I love that visioning process. Oh, great. That's awesome. Now, I don't know if we have just a few minutes to talk about marketing before we close, but and any tips, you know, or thoughts about marketing the book? Uh, yeah. Um, when it comes to books, <laughs> if people say, I want to make a million dollars from writing a book, Great. If you want to make a million dollars, then you have to have 30% to invest in whatever you want to make. So if you have $300,000, yes, we can make you a million dollars. So first of all, the the amount to hire the team to market a book in a way that you make a certain amount, then count on 30% of that going to marketing. If you don't happen to have that and you want to do it, uh, you know, step by step, like most of us, then... uh, then do what Jack Canfield taught me so many years ago and I teach all of my students, and that is speak, 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 anytime, anyplace, anywhere. That is the way that you market a book. Speak, 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 anytime, anyplace, anywhere. To this day, Jack Canfield, who him and his, him and his partner are the, have the number one selling book franchise of all time, right? Chicken Soup for the Soul, 700 million plus copies before they sold the company. Uh, that's what they did. And to this day, I believe it's Tuesday, every week there's a day where Jack is in his shorts on the bottom and a suit, you know, really nice on the top and does interviews all day long because he walks the walk. He does what he teaches. Speak, speak, speak anytime, anyplace, anywhere. If there's any place that you can speak, say yes, right? That's how books are sold. You know, someone hears you speak, they love what you said, they go buy your book, then they read it, they love it, and then they tell someone else. So it's a matter of time, but at some point you hit what's called tipping point where enough people have told enough people, have told enough people that then your book takes off, right? So uh, short of that, a lot of people are putting things out there into the world trying to sell a book. And the problem with that is you have to reach 3,000 people out there to sell a book because the person hasn't met you yet. They didn't hear the tone of your voice. They don't know your story. And then this, it got to be some pretty magic words to get them to, to take a step without knowing anything about you, right? So speak, speak, speak anytime, anyplace, anywhere is really the best way to sell a book. And, and what Jack taught me also, <laughs> right, is that uh, any seemingly overnight success with books has two years of hard work. So where a book comes out, you see them like, you see somebody, New York Times bestseller, and they're on that morning show, and they're being interviewed, you guarantee you, right, with the with the writing the book, the editing, 
the, all the time that it took to get the marketing in place, all of those things, uh, speak, 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 anytime, anyplace, anywhere, all of that, at least two years. I have wow. been successful. Wow. And, and speaking of New York Times bestseller, um, I always thought it, I mean, now I think it's really funny, but I always thought <laughs> that you get that because you're a good writer and you make oh, a difference. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was very naive. Right. And I think at, at one of the authorship accelerator program that I took where you spoke at, I heard it's about quarter million, um, you know, to invest, to, to, to even vie for that. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of work, a lot of publicity goes on and, and a lot of speaking. And, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not going to travel all over and do blah, blah, blah. So uh, so that was the vanity. That, well, for me, it was like, oh, OK, so New York Times bestseller is not because you're a good writer or people right. like you. It's because you've invested the money and the time and the team to get you to New York Times bestseller. Whoa, right. my dog. And you sold <laughs> enough copies for them to consider you. Mm. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, so Keith, I know we pretty much run out of time. Uh, any last words, things, anything you want to share to our budding author, our, our community? Yeah, well, we, we have spent a lot of time specifically about books. And so what I would love to share from my heart to yours is something that I've been sharing since the very first interview that I had way, way back when. <laughs> and, uh, and that is that you make a difference. You make a difference on this planet. This world would not be the same without you. You're making a difference all the time and you may not even know it. You could have smiled and lovingly said hello to someone today that felt like nobody saw them. And maybe that day they were going to go take their life because they thought nobody saw them. And because you saw them, maybe they talked themselves out of doing that on the way home. We are, we are constantly making a difference in people's lives. The people around us assume that we know that we're making a difference in their lives, so they don't tell us, right? And, and so ev for every person who never told you that you make a difference, I want to be the one who does. You make a difference. This world will not be the same without you. You are loved. Keep being who you are. And uh, and when you're ready, tell your story. Because hmm. we all have so much wisdom, so much wisdom to give others. And that's why people like us. Because they can give their wisdom out to others. That is so beautiful, Keith. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing all your wisdom, these amazing tips. Um, I, you know, every time somebody says, I want to write a book, I'm like, you got to listen to this guy. <laughs> so this is, I'm so happy that we've recorded this. So it'll be there for all of posterity and for, to share with people. Um, thank you for your generosity. Um, and uh, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being heart-centered entrepreneur and, and literally showing how to do that. Uh, which is which is absolutely beautiful, and uh, of course you and your beautiful, amazing wife Mara, uh, really, really dear, dear friends of mine. So uh, can't thank you enough. This is just so awesome, such great wisdom. And I also want to say thank you to our community for for listening in, for being part of the solution, uh, for creating our heaven on earth together, co-creating it together. So thanks everyone. Until next time, we'll see you back in the podcast. Until then. Big hugs.
big hearts and love to you all. Bye for now.